Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Frustrated Fan Podcast. Today, we're doing another State of the NBA address. Um, it's been a few, uh, maybe, not, maybe not a few months, but a month and a half, you know. Uh, NBA's chugging along, but we've had some shakeups along the way, so I thought it'd be time to give a look into some of those. Uh, starting the Eastern Conference today, um... It's still the 76ers in the one seed. Um, I'm going to say right now, I don't buy into the Joel Embiid hype train for MVP. I mean, I hope he wins it for the sake of his career, you know, instead of being labeled the injury-prone, uh, you know, big man, you know. It, I'm tired of the big man injury-prone narrative, and I'd really like him to break that mold and, you know, kind of reach into this, uh, this kind of new territory if he would win MVP, but I really don't. I don't want him to win MVP because I think that LeBron should win MVP. I know. I get it. All right. I'm a LeBron I'm sexual. All right. I am always going to be with LeBron. And that's because he swayed me over the years. I never liked him when he was in Miami. But, you know, he went back to Cleveland. And the narrative kind of changed. And so, you know, I've been kind of I've, – I've jumped on the bandwagon, the, the LeBron bandwagon. But um, – 76ers are still a good team. Uh, I really like their bench. I still think that they're a piece away, which is, it sucks for them because, like, man, uh, the Bucks are in a down year, which still isn't even that down because they're only three games behind. But it just feels like they're on this, like, this B-plus tier away from, like, being able to, to make it to the finals. Um, that being said, the second-place team, the Nets, I think they're going to make it to the finals. Uh they're nine and one in their last ten. Uh, like, come on, uh, they dismantled Houston last night. Like, what? What's the point? Um, three All Stars on the same team. Two of them former MVPs. You know what? What's the point? Uh, argument could be made. You know, Kyrie can play at an MVP caliber level, but just never by himself. Um, that being said. Who's stopping this team in the East? I don't. I don't have anyone stopping them. Uh, I was talking to some of my coworkers at my other job yesterday, and they said, you know, maybe, maybe the Heat. <laughs> maybe I just I can't buy into anyone else in the East except for the Nets. The Nets are the only option for me in the East. Which I'd love for there to be a shakeup, and I'd love for the Bucks to make a push and you know do something about it. But I'm just not sold on Giannis. After seeing the blueprint for how to beat Giannis, you just stack the box, and so he can't drive. He has no shooter. Not, no shooter, sorry. No jump shot. He hasn't. He's not a shooter. Uh, there's. He's just so one-dimensional. It's like, okay, yeah, he can drive the lane. He's big, but like after that, what else can you do? I understand he's a defensive threat too, but like, you need points if you're going to be the two-time MVP. You have to win the big game. I I don't know why we put LeBron under such a microscope when Giannis is not put under the same microscope when. Giannis is still just doing the same thing every game, and, you know, people want to give him the MVP year after year after year. You know, he's not even, what, top five this year? Even though his team is still third in the East. I don't get it. Um, so, yeah, we've got Sixers one, Nets two, Bucks three. We're going into the four seed, and this is where the East gets shaky. You, you give a clear outlier between the contenders and the pretenders, even though I think the 76ers and Bucks are kind of pretenders. Uh, they have better records than <laughs> it, it's a significant drop off in talent. Uh, four seed, the Celtics. The Celtics suck, man. They suck. Um, they still have talent. They're still good. I just don't get them. I haven't understood them for years. 
the positionless basketball that they play, I still don't get. Uh, Jason Tatum's good, but I never think that he's like the cornerstone guy. Like you, okay, on this on this plane of existence, there are the upper echelon, top tier talent in the league, and then I think there are the guys that are right below them in tier two. Jason Tatum is at the start of that tier two class, and that's nothing against him. He's got a great game. Man can shoot the three, can score from vi- virtually anywhere on the court. He's huge. Like I get it, but he just doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't feel the same way that all these other guys do. If Kevin Durant has the ball, I'm scared, okay? I am in fear for my life if Kevin Durant has the ball against my team. Kawhi Leonard, same thing. Paul George, I'm not going to get into. At one point, yes, when he was in Indiana, yeah, I was scared of Paul George. Damian Lillard, scared, terrified, especially if it's clutch time. Jason Tatum does not scare me. That being said, he's hit big shots and he's clutch. But I just, I look at the Celtics team and I don't care. I literally don't care. They are, the only thing separating them from the Knicks is they have one less loss. The freaking Knicks. The New York Knicks are the fifth seat in the East right now. They're 18 and 18, so like, whatever. But they're great in terms of Knicks. By Knicks standards, they're great. Uh, Julius Randle playing out of his mind. Uh, unbelievable slander the other day about saying he's better than prime Chris Chris Bosh. I'm just like... Wow, okay, this is where we're at with the media. But Julius Randle's having a hell of a year. He's fantastic. Uh the Knicks have the Knicks have won seven of the last ten. Like they're seven and three in their last ten. That's like great. That's fantastic. But they're still the Knicks. So like it's gonna choke at some point. Emmanuel Quigley, awesome. Uh RJ Barrett's stats for shooting the three uh have been nothing but up and down. But if this next team can kind of figure out some of these building blocks, they can get some of these like high profile free agents that finally want to play in New York because they love New York. I don't know. I, I really like the, how exciting the Knicks have been. Um, it's, it's good for basketball. And it's good for the culture. Um, coming in at number six, Miami heat. They've been hot. They, they've bounced back from <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel on the last, uh, the last time I did an NBA update, uh, seven and 18, they're uh, six and four in their last ten. Um, they just lost, but it's okay. They're they're starting to pick up steam. Okay, you have to realize this is the team that went all the way to the finals in the bubble, had so little so little time to rest. Same thing with the Lakers, but they didn't reload like the Lakers did. The Lakers brought in two fresh bodies that were, you know, arguably six men of the year um, in their respective teams. These, uh, the heat, the heat brought back the same guys. I mean, they, I know they were in the running for some free agents and even trade packages. Um, but those guys have got to be so exhausted mentally and physically to even be, you know, in the sixth seed right now is impressive to me because they're, they're starting to build that momentum again. Watch out for Miami down the stretch to make a same push that they did last year. And nobody wants a piece of that team defensively. No one. So, Miami, keep your eyes on them. They're gonna, they're gonna pick up like they did last year, and it's gonna get better for them. Um, number seven, the Hornets. The Hornets are exciting. I really enjoy watching the Hornet games. Uh, two of my friends are really big Lamelo fans, mainly for the meme. But the kid's got game. The kid's freaking good. Uh, I just, they're the same thing as you know the the Celtics in a sense that they're exciting. They're good. Not the Celtics, my bad. The Knicks. They're exciting. They're fresh. They're new. It's good. 
but they're not going to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, they're the seven seed right now. They are five and five in their last ten, and I think that's about where they'll be for the remainder of the season. You know, watch them to be about average. You know, flirting on that bubble of uh, possible playoff team to you know five hundred or above team. They have outstanding guard play, but they have nothing at the four or the five. Um, I like Bridges at power forward, but that's pretty much it for them. That, that is pretty much it, and that's when they're playing small ball. They have to play small ball with uh, with Scary Terry and Devontae Graham and Mellow Ball. And, uh, I mean, even Gordon Hayward at the four isn't a bad idea because he did it with some with the Celtics, but, like, they have nothing at the at the five. Absolutely nothing. It is a ghost town at five for them. They have Bismack Biombo. That's that's pretty much it. I think Cody Zeller's still like hanging around the roster. I don't know why, but they need something at the five. And I'm not saying you need like DeAndre Ayton, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm just saying get someone, man, because <sighs> it sucks. It sucks watching teams just run through them. Like when they played the the Pelicans, Zion's gonna feast on the inside. There's literally nothing stopping Zion at that point. So it would be pointless. You know, they run into the 76ers in the playoffs. They're swept. There's nothing more they can do about it. I understand that we're just kind of living in this moment, this, like, resurgence of the Hornets and the Knicks. But this is the part at GMs where you look at your team, you say, okay, we've made it through the first stage. We're actually competing now. How do we get better next year? How do we build off of this? And how do we not screw this up? Because a lot of times when you have these teams – build up back to where they're almost relevant again this is where they start to fall apart i mean look at the pacers now at nine and they're in the ninth spot but a couple years ago when they had victor oladipo and sabonis they were still good you know i think they were uh like almost like the four seed in the east or something they they had a pretty decent roster start to finish and they're just these teams that you know you continue to build off this but they reach their peak and you don't want to be the next Pacers if you're the Hornets or the Knicks. You don't want to be the next Hawks. You don't want to be the next uh, Magic. Like, how many years have the Magic skated into the playoffs and done what? Won maybe one game in the playoffs? These teams and the GMs and the, and the player development, the way they look at it, it seems this, it's, there's a pattern. You have to have one of these top guys in order to do it. And I understand that we're living in this renaissance of the NBA where it's like, all right, the players can do whatever the heck they want, go wherever they want, and, you know, play with their friends. But Jesus Christ, man, you've got to do something. Like, when you have these star talents, you can't let them leave. I don't care if you have to throw the book at them. You have to throw the the entire family fortune at them. I don't care. I mean, the Raptors let Kawhi leave, and they're the eighth seed now. They're one behind... But Kyle Lowry's been injured the entire year. Uh, Fred Van Fleet's having a hell of a year. Absolutely stellar year. But Pascal Siakam has regressed. I don't... It's just things like that where it's like, well, crap. If you just, like, did something to keep Kawhi, you'd be okay. Like, I don't know. You, You have these star players and then you let them move on and then you get stuck in mediocrity. It's time for the Knicks and the Hornets to hold on to these stars and these young, this young core that they have and then bring in the veterans and build around it and, you know, make it an actual competitive team. You know, if Emmanuel Quigley keeps it up, he's going to be a hell of a point guard. He's going to be insane. And teams like the 
like when I get into the Western Conference, teams like the Nuggets and uh, the Jazz that have these definite stars on their team, and you have to they have to accent them and couple them with better stars, not necessarily better than them, but just better than what they have around them currently. Because there's teams like the Nets and the Warriors when they're healthy that no one is going to be able to stop. Absolutely none. Um, all right, to get off that rant, we're going to we're going to round round out the. Uh, uh, the playoff picture here with the the Bulls at ten. So the Pacers are at nine with sixteen wins, and the and the Bulls are at ten with sixteen wins. They they're essentially tied with their record. Uh, the Bulls are going to go as as far as Zach Levine can carry them. There's literally no other way that they get anywhere unless it's on Zach Levine's back. And if I'm Zach Levine, get me the hell out of Chicago. I'm doing everything I can. I'm getting recognition for me as a player, but if I want to win. It's not going to happen in Chicago. I respect Zach Levine and everything he's doing. Bravo on reinventing yourself and your career. Also, look at the body difference this man has had. Um, he is jacked now uh, compared to when he won the dunk contest. The dude is massive. Uh, but it's the same thing, you know? You're stuck in mediocrity because you're the bottom of the barrel in the in the, the east. There's not much more you can do about this. You're going to get swept by anyone you play in the playoffs. And if you do, you're going to squeak through maybe one game if you get a win. Um, you just don't have anyone else around you. Like he has Kobe White. He has uh, Laurie Markkinen when he's healthy. But, like, there's just nothing going on there. It's just Zach Levine. God bless him. He's doing everything he can, but... He needs help. Uh, just to round out the Eastern Conference here, I'm just going to spit him out because I don't care about any of these teams. Uh, the Hawks just fired their head coach. I don't care about the Hawks um, like at all, and it's nothing against them and the people that they've drafted. They're fine, okay? But like, this team has shown that they're going to go as far as Trey Young can carry them, and it doesn't seem like he can carry them very far. They always have a shit record. They always... Always lose games. You know, I get Trey Young is a perennial player. I understand that he is insane at shooting the three-point ball, and I will never, ever shoot the three-point ball as good as Trey Young in my existence. Doesn't matter. Um, the team is still shit. Uh, they wanted a, a potential lottery pick for John Collins. Like, who are you fucking kidding? What? Good try. Uh, if I was a GM, I'd laugh at that offer. Be like, here's a second-round pick. John Collins... John Collins is a freak athlete, but he is nowhere near that amount of money. Like, absolutely ridiculous. He's basically Clint Capella. Like, who cares? He doesn't He doesn't translate to today's game and what you need. It's a guard league right now. It's a guard, actually, I take that back. It's a forward, it's a point forward league. <laughs> We're playing in a league where the forward has the size to do everything and has to do everything, has to shoot, pass, pretty much do everything. Unless you have a team like Golden State where you can draft these incredible shooters and complement them with more shooters and one center that can just rebound the ball and throw it back out to them and let them shoot again, that's pretty much it. And unless you're Golden State, that model hasn't worked. Clearly in Atlanta. Steph Curry is the the A-plus, and then, uh, gosh, like, Trey Young is, like, a B-plus, like, they're basically the same player, except it takes Trey Young like two to three times more shots to to make the same amount of shots that Steph does or to score as many points. 
I just, eh, just meh on the Hawks. I know I wasn't going to, I said I was just going to rapid fire them off and I didn't care, but I'm very frustrated with Atlanta. Uh, the Wizards, God help Bradley Beal. He's doing everything he can, but it, it's just, it's an uphill battle and I don't think he's going to win. I would love, I would love for uh, uh, Washington to hashtag free Bradley Beal, but like, it ain't happening. They realize they got as good a player as they have. And this is where teams like a Orlando or Knicks or Hornets, this is, do what Washington has done. Do not let this man leave. Uh, he is clearly your best asset. Do not let him leave. Do anything you can to make him stay. And that includes building the team around him. Um, I like going out and being aggressive and getting Russell Westbrook because you didn't know what you were getting back in John Wall, even though it hurt Bradley Beal. Uh, I still think that I mean, initially I thought Houston won the trade. It's just like watching Houston crumble now. They looked like they won the trade initially, but um, the Wizards, both teams suck. Both of the teams still suck, but I like Russell Westbrook as a player and as a person, and I I think that he's helping the Wizards essentially by not shooting the ball from the three, but there's only so much they can do, and it's very clear that they're just not on that next tier, that, that next level right now, at least. I mean, that being said, they're seven of three, I mean, seven and three in their last 10, but they've lost two in a row. They've had a resurgence. They aren't bottom of the barrel anymore. They aren't the bottom tier. They're, they're better. But uh, I, I really hope that they can make a push for the playoffs. I really do, because Bradley Beal deserves better. Uh, 13, the Cavs, they're just a fire sale right now. They're selling anything they can, building draft capital and trading pieces they have no one they're lost i understand it's a rebuild but like how many times we're gonna have a Cavs rebuild this just sucks sucks to see they have to do the same thing that these other teams have to do hold on to your stars um i mean dean wade go k-state he's uh i think they're 4-0 when he starts so like Good for him. You know, this is a moment for all these young players to get some real experience and build their careers and get get noticed, I guess, and hope that you get traded to a different team. Or, you know, you could just become a star in Cleveland. They're starving for it, you know. Um, Andre Drummond, Drummond being on the trade block, you know. This, uh, this is something that, you know, these guys have to take advantage of right now. Um, I don't even want to get into their record. It's dog shit. It's so bad. Uh, they're still the 13 seed. They're not even the worst. Um, I'm going to move off the Cavs. Good luck, Cavs. Uh, number 14, team that I keep harping on the entire time. Uh, Orlando Magic. 13 and 23. Uh, tough. Real tough. Uh, still still playing old man basketball in the sense that we need to build around our center. Center. Take a big man. He's an all-star. He's so good. Who cares, bro? You suck. You guys suck. You guys suck as a team. I I still consider myself a closeted Magic fan because I just want to root for them. I just want them to do good. I want them to make, you know, promise on the fans of the Shaquille, like the Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Tracy McGrady and Penny Hardaway era. Just please do right by that, by this fan base, you know. Uh, but they're going to get a, a, a top whatever pick, like, it's going to be nuts how high a pick they have because they suck. Um, that being said, I would trade Vucevic immediately uh, to a contender for draft picks. Um, Cade Cunningham looks like the real deal out of Oklahoma State. Uh, just go get him. 
Uh, this is a decent enough draft to where there's big enough stars that I think that these guys coming in are going to make a real impact on the on this year's NBA. That being said, Magic, stop pushing this big man agenda. It sucks. It doesn't do anything. You saw the Suns correct it this uh, this year by adding Chris Paul when they drafted DeAndre Ayton. It was just like, why? That's not what you need. He's not that good. But they corrected it with getting Chris Paul, and now look at him. You know, the, the, I think the two seed in the West, 10 times better. Just please stop building around the big man and realize the big man is a, is a trading piece and move off this guy. Please do something to get some sort of asset out of him. I understand you have tickets to sell in a stadium to, to fill. I realize you have budgets and you have money tied up in all these different contracts and everything you need to just put on a show and compete, but this is not how you win games. This is not it. Please, do something. <sighs> Number 15, Detroit Pistons. At this point, blow up the whole franchise. Detroit is so bad. They're so bad. So the win percentage of the Magic is about 36% right now. It is a sharp drop-off for uh, the Pistons at a... Uh, 29%. Uh, I think they're the worst team in basketball right now, and it's very clear. Uh, oh, I take that back. They are not the worst team. They are the uh, second-to-worst team. Just looked at the other standings. They're terrible. They're god-awful. I feel sorry for everyone that has to put on a Pistons uniform every night. It's a joke. Right now, it's a joke of an organization and has been for several years. Um, they just can't figure it out. Um, I hate, I hate it so much because he's my guy, but Blake Griffin has done nothing for that team since they got him. He's done absolutely nothing. Um, man hasn't dunked since 2019. I'm tired of bringing up that stat, but he just sucks. He sucks. The organization sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everyone that has to put on a Pistons uniform. Hopefully that they, they get the number one pick in the lottery and they can kind of salvage this because they have nothing. After Blake Griffin, they have no one, and it's not fair. They traded Derrick Rose away. Good, good for Derrick Rose because he is wasting his life in Detroit, and so is everybody else on this team. The culture has just completely drained this team of any momentum and any sort of any sort of fight, really. Uh, you can go back to Andre Drummond being on there. You can go back to Greg Monroe being on there. You can go back to... Uh, Luke Kennard was on there before he got traded to the Clippers, and that was stupid. Uh, I never understood the the hype around Luke Kennard. You know, Caldwell Pope was there forever. It's just God. You want to talk about a city that's starving for a star? There is nothing but a, a wasteland in Detroit right now in terms of star power. Um, there's a reason that they're bottom of the the East, and this is why they are dog shit. They are absolute bottom tier, F tier, unwatchable. They are unwatchable. Uh, please, Detroit, do something. This is this is terrible. I can't I can't handle this. I I just I, I can't take it. Um, I gotta I gotta move off them because it's just depressing me. It is literally depressing me to talk about the Pistons. I cannot continue to do it. 
So I'm going to change the subject. I'm going to go to the Western Conference where everything is a lot better and everything is a lot more fun, okay? By Eastern Conference. Nets win it all unless someone completely shocks me. Is the Nets division. I don't care. But in the Western Conference, things are a bit, uh, I don't know, fun? A uh, bit of a shakeup? Uh, interesting is a good word for it? Uh, closer? <laughs> so how how i rated the east with it was like all right three teams that are contenders and the rest are pretenders it's like teams one through seven at this point have pretty much the same record which i think that the level of pretenders and uh uh oh wow i can't even, i can't think of it um oh my god <laughs> you get what i'm trying to say all right i'm gonna move off because I, i'm just sitting here and my mind went blank but whatever um contenders jesus jesus connor all right contenders there's only four i think there's realistically four in the west rather than the three in the east but I, I, it's a lot closer the margin of of playing uh margin of play and the competitiveness of each team is a lot closer i think that just about anybody can win in any night in the west where it's like the east it's like three teams run the entire division um the conference not division my mistake that being said uh, number one seed, Utah Jazz. They're phonies. Uh, I love the Jazz. I love watching the play. I had a hell of a time watching uh, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell go back and forth in the playoffs last year. But this is a star, star-driven star league. Donovan Mitchell is only going to take this team so far. That being said, they do have Mike Conley, who was nuts in Memphis. You know, he was a solid point guard. Um, but you have Joe Ingles. You have... I mean, Jordan Clarkson... Also kind of resurrecting his career this year with uh, being their sixth man. But to me, they feel like the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers in the regular season in the NFL. It's just like, all right, yeah, they're going to have a great regular season. But I love the way they're winning. Honestly, I hated the way the Steelers won. I love the way that these t- this team is winning. It looks like Spurs ball. You know, They're making like 40 passes, and then there's an open three or a dunk or a slash to the bucket. It's fun to watch. They're good. Uh, I enjoy their their play a lot. They're twenty seven and nine, which is fantastic, uh, leading the West. Uh, right behind them, Phoenix Suns. What a what a resurrection job! Uh, I love seeing all the uh, uh, the graphics of how Chris Paul makes teams better. Uh, that being said, I don't think he makes them good enough to win the championship. And I I enjoy the Suns. I like watching them play too. They're eight and two in their last ten. They're on a three game win streak. I really like the Suns. They're fun. I love their uniforms. Uh, the Valley uniforms are fire. No pun intended, but uh, it's it's the same thing, you know? Star-driven league, you got Devin Booker and you got Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton's flirting around there on, like, the DeAndre Jordan uh, territory, you know, where he can be, like, a cool, like, third piece for, like, defense rebounds and lobs, kind of like Hassan Whiteside was in Miami. Uh, kind of like how Bam is utilized now, but I think Bam has a lot more upside than DeAndre Ayton does. Uh, that being said, I think there's still like a second round exit or even like a conference finals exit. I don't think that they're getting to the finals. Um, third place, the Clippers, they're better than the Celtics. I used to compare them to the Celtics, but they're better. They just have a better bench. I think they have the best bench in uh, the NBA. Um, that being said... It's the same thing. I need to see Paul George consistent the entire year, not 
not this roller coaster of up and down because then you get on this roller coaster up and down paul george that's where you lose me and that's where you lose the team and that's where you lose the games you know Kawhi is not your vocal leader you know his lead is on the court you know in his game but he's not going to be outspoken in the locker room and you know demand things of players that being said, you know, this this team has such a great bench that other than Zubots, I think they need to move off Zubots, but there's only so much they can do because of the cap hit and the contracts that they're tied up in. There's only so much they can do. I understand that. Uh, I think they're also like a conference finals team. Uh, I don't think that they'll be playing the Suns in the conference finals, if I'm being honest. I don't think that's how this plays out. Um... I don't think they're playing the Jazz in the conference finals. Uh, I think that uh, I think that it's the number four team, the Los Angeles Lakers. They get back to the conference finals and back to the finals itself. Uh, when AD comes back, they're going to be they're going to be great again. They're, they're going to be the one seed again, and they're going to figure it all out. They're three and seven in their last ten. All right. Yeah, there's only so much LeBron can do. He's 36. I understand. Everyone's tired of the narrative of. LeBron's not that good. Whatever. He's leading the league in defensive defensive assist, not assist, uh, efficiency. Sorry. Last year, he led the league in assists. He's literally just doing something different every year because he's bored at this point. Like, the man could go out and try to score every single time, but that's not who he is. You know, he's a facilitator. He's going to score. He's going to get rebound. He's going to do everything he can to make your team win the game. And that's where people knock on him and, you know, well, Jordan's going to shoot the last shot and win me the game that way. Okay, yeah, but LeBron's going to make the best basketball decision in every situation, whether it's calling his own number, finding the open guy, or you know, making the stop on defense like the block against Iguodala. That's the thing. And until they get AD back, they won't be considered that caliber of team, but when they do, I think they're going to go back to the top. And I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm, I'm strictly just a LeBron fan. All right, number five, Portland Trailblazers. I am so sorry that Damian Lillard has gone through what he's gone through at this point. The man has lost like three or four cousins this year. Uh, he's lost family to COVID. He's lost family and close friends to shootings and, and violence. Um, it's just been a life, not a life. Well, I guess it probably feels like a lifetime this last year and this year for Damian Lillard just in two years just because of how much loss he's had to endure. And I respect the shit out of him for still trying to play basketball during all of it. Um, he's Damian Lillard. I think he's arguably the best point guard in the league. Um, this team is 20-14, and 14, and that's because he's doing everything he can at this point. They have a two-game win streak. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, but they need T.J. McCollum back to actually compete. I think when they're back, they're into the same category of conference finals team, but not a finals team. I, I immediately will bring them back up in because I think that they're better than the Suns um, team-wise with Gary Trent Jr. too. Um, I think team-wise that they're better than the Suns just as an entire composition as a team. Uh, but I think that they're a conference finals type of team or even like a second-round exit. Um, number six, got the San Antonio Spurs. You know, they're doing everything they can. They still have a culture of winning. It's incredible that they're still the sixth seed because of how much talent there is out in the West. They're still finding ways to win games with DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. 
but they have a clear ceiling. They're a playoff team, but they're either going to be a first-round or second-round exit. You know, I would be shocked if they're a second-round exit, to be honest with you. I think that they're just a first-round exit. There's only so much they can do. They're they're seven seven and three in their last ten. Like they're they're great. They're, but they're twelve they're twelve and twelve in the conference. They're nine and nine at home. They have no clear home advantage, which in a, in a world of COVID was something that made a huge difference for teams like Portland, like Utah, like uh, well Utah has fans and they're fifteen and two. Uh, but the Spurs nine and nine. Portland they're ten and six at home, but a lot of these teams the the home field advantage really mattered for them you know the spurs fans go nuts in san antonio Um, and without that home advantage it just seems like you know they're kind of lost at home 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 advantage is not what it used to be at this point uh that being said you know first round exit 18 and 3 good job great story i love how they keep fighting uh number seven denver nuggets i think they're underachieving at this point i think they need to kind of find that second gear uh i'm a little disappointed with where they're at i understand the west is just very competitive but jamal murray is too good uh Jokic is too good for this team to underachieve again this year i think that they need to be in the conference finals this year or we start looking at all right we might need to trade one or two of these guys uh i still think they need one more piece uh grant was great for them in the bubble but he's on to i think he's in detroit now but they still need one more clear piece. You know, they need a third guy. And I really hoped that it would be, uh, oh gosh, what was his name? Uh, Michael Porter Jr. But I just, I don't know. He was definitely in the wrong to call out his team last year in the bubble. It's like, bro, calm down. All right. Know who you're talking to. Know who your teammates are. Calm down. He really could have been that third guy for them. And he, he fits the mold perfectly, you know, the, the bench scorer, and he's the position also. He's the, the three and four. That's what they need is a, a strong three or four because Jamal Murray plays the two and sometimes the one, basically. But he would have been perfect, and I'm really sad that they're not on the same level as what I thought they would be at this time. Uh, that being said, they're on a three-game win streak. You know, there's still a lot of upside here. Uh, you know, I'd really like to see them improve and get to that same caliber of team that they were in the bubble because nobody wanted a piece of the Nuggets after they ran through the Clippers. No one wanted them. Like, come on. No one wants that. Uh, Jamal Murray going Super Saiyan on you the entire time? No, you don't want that. Good luck. You don't want that. Um, number eight, the Mavericks. I'm glad they're finally turning it around and they're on the bubble here of like a playoff team. Uh, that being said, still the same same problems. Uh, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, but same problems. You know, Luka Doncic needs help, and Porzingis has helped out with that. Uh, Hardaway has helped with that, but it's the same thing as, like, like the, the Nuggets. There's still a very clear, like, piece away. Um, same thing with, like, the Spurs. Very clearly another piece away from everything else in the sense that, like, I think the Trailblazers are going to get in because they'll have like a three with uh, like a big three with uh, McCollum, Dame, and Gary Trent Jr. off the bench uh, is a is a major like adrenaline shot for them. The Nuggets they need that adrenaline shot. Uh, the Spurs they have enough bench pres- presence that they do well enough to compete every night. Uh, the Mavericks need that other shot. They they either need okay take like the Spurs bench and put Luka Doncic and. Uh, He's trade Luka Doncic for uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan and uh, Christophe Porzingis and 
Ah, oh, come on. I can see his face. LaMarcus Aldridge. You trade those guys, but you just swap their benches. They're, they're insane. Uh, I think they're essentially the same thing that the Suns and the Jazz are at that point. Um, just an, an immediate upgrade entirely. And I think the only thing separating them right now is the fact that their bench is so weak. Um, every team has like the same basic layout and mold right now, except for the Lakers, because when the Lakers get healthy, it is very clearly LeBron AD. So you got your tandem, you got your duo, but their duo is so high that it doesn't really matter. The only team that matters at that point is the Nets because they have three on the same level, you know, with Harden, Kyrie and Durant are all on the same level as those two. But the thing is, when you bring in the bench of the Lakers, you have uh, Montrezl Harrell and you have Dennis Schroeder, who are both six man of the year candidates. So essentially, essentially, uh, it's the equivalent of having Jordan Clarkson on the Jazz, but two of them. It's having uh, two Gary Trent Juniors on the Blazers. It's having literally anyone for for the Nuggets or the Mavericks at that point because they need that guy. But think of it as like a four, essentially, instead of like a big three because of that. It's like, you know, what the Clippers had last year with Lou Williams and uh, uh, Montrezl Harrell. But at that point, it was basically like Paul George wasn't even playing basketball. He was so bad. It, it was basically Kawhi versus everyone. Kawhi and, and the bench, essentially. It was like they were playing with one all-star. But uh, moving on, number nine, the Warriors. Great story. Love to see him winning again, but they can't get anywhere without Steph. Uh, Steph being healthy and uh, anywhere without Clay. Um, they'll be a playoff team if they continue to play at this level. Great story, but there's nothing more that they can do without being fully healthy. I wish them the best. Uh, 10 seed Grizzlies. Uh, everyone's forgot about John Morant this year. I understand that this is how the NBA works. You know, we got a shiny new toy every year, so we forget about it. That's why the MVP is a regular season award, and that's why we see the same players hyped up. Uh, year after year after year that being said John Morant's been forgotten about and the Grizzlies they're not bad they're not a bad team they're just kind of floating around that 10 seed I don't think that they'll get into the playoffs this year uh, I think that eventually that the 11 seed Pelicans will overtake them that being said the Grizzlies are 16 and 15 and the Pelicans are 15 and 20 uh, those five games are going to be tough to make up uh, but they can do it down the stretch. Uh, I think from a talent standpoint, the Pelicans are better as a roster overall. But uh, just the the way that the Grizzlies are playing, it's really great for them and great to see them continue to build off of uh, John Morant. And the man is going to be an all-star at some point. Um, and they're going to figure it out. But I think they need to make more moves in free agency or, or find a stud in the draft. Like, this is the only way that they get into this next, you know, bubble of of teams here unless they can string along some wins in the next uh, couple of weeks but i don't think they're going to make a playoff they're definitely on the uh outside looking in um now into the pelicans like i talked about i think they're going to get in i think they'll be the last team to get in because of the way that zion and brandon ingram and all those guys are playing they have a decent bench uh steven adams at the five is fine but like he has his limitations they just have to like learn how to play defense and play disciplined this team, this team has enough talent, but they don't have, they don't have it in the right ways. If that makes sense, Zion is like unbelievably talented in the way that he can get to the get to the rack every single time, whether it's offense or defense, and impact the game. Dude is a monster. All right, I understand that. Brandon Ingram has to be consistent when he plays. He has to score. He has to do his thing. His like mini Kevin Durant thing. He has to do it every game, or else 
they're only going to be on Zion's back, which is going to it's going to slow them down. And it's not going to help your team win. Lonzo's doing what he can, but Lonzo's just a role player at this point. He's not a star. Um, Josh Hart does what he can, but again, just another role player. It, it It's going to be solely on the fact that if Brandon Ingram can carry this team when Zion's out, and when they when both of them are out of the game, someone else has to step up. They have to find that third guy because there is no one on this team. Drew Holiday was that for them, but they traded him. So it is what it is. They 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 need another piece, or they need just one or two of them to step up. Zion needs to add a shooting element to his game that we haven't seen yet, and just need consistency out of Brandon Ingram, and I think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, the Kings, 14 and 21, 2 and 8 in their last 10. Kings suck, but like they have sucked for a long time. De'Aaron Fox is just kind of like wasting away out there. He he's he's so John Wall esque in the way that he can get to the basket and get across the floor and play defense and and really just push other teams. That he's just kind of like wasting his life out there in uh, Sacramento, which like. I'd be fine with the, the Sacramento Kings coming back to Kansas City, you know, no big deal. I mean, Kansas City Kings has a nice ring to it. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Sacramento still just stuck in mediocrity. That's just who they are. That's who they have been. Uh, need to hit in this next draft. Need to hit because there is nothing going on there. Absolutely nothing. Uh, 13, the Thunder. They're going to suck. They're going to suck. Shy's playing. Uh, yeah. Shay, Shy, whichever way you want to say it. Uh, Gilgis Alexander, essentially. Playing out of his freaking mind. Uh, he's going bananas. He's doing everything he can. But the team's going to suck, and that's just who they are. But they have a mountain of draft picks coming up. The future is so unbelievably bright that, essentially, he, if they keep him, he's going to carry them through these dark years, the next couple like years, so three, four years. If he can continue to play for the Thunder and carry them, by the time that those draft picks, if they hit, uh, essentially graduate into the NFL players, that, not NFL, sorry, NBA players that they're supposed to be, uh, this will be a real dynasty to, to consider in Oklahoma City. And I hate Sam Presti because he's given up on every one of the MVPs that he had. I realized that they wanted out, but there's you, you have to do something. And I'll give him credit for what he got for Paul George just unreal but it sucks for the fan base because they have to sit there and endure all this when they were so close so close to the top um you know that being said they have a really bright future and i'd really like to see where it goes from there uh 14 the rockets 11 and 23 uh 0 10 in their last 10 they've lost 13 straight it sucks man it sucks to see i really hate that they released boogie cousins i know he's going to sign with another team but he he was fun watching him and wall and oladipo play together it was fun i like seeing all these guys resurrect their careers because everybody gave up on them and houston's like all right come here you know you'll fill the stands you'll figure it out and they have and i understand boogie left because he's gonna sign i assume with another team i don't know why it's been quiet so long i really expected him to sign by now um but i don't get it uh Sucks for the Houston's uh, Houston's organization. Sucks the way everything ended with James Harden, but they're going to get a good draft pick, and, you know, the rebuild starts over. Sucks. Really hope John Wall can continue to resurrect his career and, you know, 
gather some attention or a starting role, continue to build uh, build his legacy. Same thing with Victor Oladipo. I hope Oladipo can get to a different team and uh, get back to competing at a high level and back to all-star form. These are people that everyone gave up on, and I hope they prove everyone wrong. And to, uh, to round it out here, uh, number 15, uh, Dumpster Fire Minnesota. Absolute garbage. Uh, they've won seven games all year. Seven games. They're seven and twenty-nine. This is painful, Minnesota. Why does your team still exist? You have Carl Anthony Towns. I understand he's been injured and it's been tough. D'Angelo Russell. You have the number one pick. I just don't understand what it is at this point with uh, Anthony Edwards at the number one pick. I don't understand what it is at this point. I don't know if it's a culture thing. I, it's got to be a culture thing because Jesus Christ, you have arguably, you know, all-stars on your team, but you still lose every damn game. Jimmy Butler beat the team with the backups. It's literally just a culture thing at this point. Guys are just making money, going to work, put, clocking in and clocking out. It just doesn't feel like Minnesota wants to win or even has, like, the thought process to even consider winning. They're just like, hey, whatever, we're getting paid. Might as well keep playing. It's been a tough year for Carl Anthony Towns, too, with everything that's gone on for him. And I just, you know, I, I, I pour my heart out to the man. I can't imagine what it's like to go through all that. Same thing with Damian Lillard. But this team is disrespecting him. I mean, I understand the man has gone through stuff, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't let that consume your team and your team just be down on itself. Your guys should want to to win for Carl, to to do all these things for the man because he's gone through such bullshit. I don't know if they just lack leadership. I don't know if it's just the culture thing, but goddamn, Minnesota is so disappointing. It's very frustrating. Very frustrating to see. Um, I guess just to, to recap and round it up here, um... Lakers are going to win the title unless uh, unless the Nets beat them. It's literally a Lakers-Nets final at this point if AD can come back and be healthy. If not, it'll be whoever from the West and the Nets, and the Nets will win. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun year. It's really fun. If you like basketball, this is a good year for it uh, with the resurgence in the Jazz and the Suns. Um, it's fun right now. It's a lot of fun. Um, can't st- I guess I can't stress that enough. Uh, in the East, I'm sorry if you're a team of anyone except uh, the Sixers, Nets, or Bucks. But it's fun to be a Knicks fan right now. It's fun to be a Hornets fan too. You know, you got bright horizons. There's there's a lot of bright. We're at the the point in the season where you see all these these storylines for everyone that uh, is coming in and making an impact. Uh, we're getting close to to All Star break, and after that, it's it's about making a push for the playoffs and the veterans really taking over. So this is uh, this is the fun rookie part of the uh, of the season. This is the fun story part of the, the season. So uh, I'll probably check in after uh, after All-Star break at some point or All-Star break to uh, reassess teams and see where everything's shaken up. But uh, until then, this has been uh, another installment of uh, the State of the NBA. So if you enjoy it, uh, look out for the next one. But uh, until then, uh, I'll see you next time.